Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. What is up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Level Up Podcast, where we learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And we have got a phenomenal guest with us today. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about cold call prospecting, how to pick up and move your entire business from one market to another and hit the ground running. And we're going to talk about how our guest essentially tripled his price point uh, and is setting himself up on a track to make a million dollars GCI over the next uh, couple of years. We're going to talk about what the next steps are for him and how to turn, how to reach those goals. So there's a lot of lessons in here for agents at every stage but first let's uh bring in before we do our special guest let's bring in the man of the hour as always greg harrelson greg what is up today man i'm just here um you know making it happen in the in the uh, state of south carolina excited to talk with james i think him and i uh probably have a lot in common i think we uh have this uh, addiction to making contacts which is not what a lot of people are interested in doing in the real estate industry you know anymore so i think we just do a deep dive on that and, and see where it takes us That's right so james festini officially welcome hey thank you very much for having me it's been long overdue I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's just talking about the tech issues beforehand. Um, but anyway, uh, so tell us, first of all, what in the world is beast mode lead gen and where are you sitting right now, James? I am sitting in what I, well, beast mode lead gen is uh, my take on truly what is the most aggressive possible way of generating leads in the fastest way possible, uh, in the cheapest way possible, you know, animal style. <laughs> you go 100 doors a day, 100 contacts a day, minimum like no negotiating. If you have a full-time job in real estate, there's no reason why you can't prospect six hours a day unless you have appointments. If you don't have appointments, then what else are you doing? Uh, and I'm sitting in what I refer to as my mobile realtor command center. I have a video on YouTube that kind of describes it, but I've modified a 2016 Mercedes, a massive Mercedes Sprinter bus, uh, took it to a pimp my ride shop and converted it into a totally high-tech mobile real estate office on wheels. So I'm more high tech than any office in town and I can go anywhere I want. So when people ask me, where's my office? I'm like, come outside. Let me show you. And it's just mind blowing <laughs> all the lights and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's my awesome. I, that, that's I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's pictures of it all, all over the Internet, I would imagine. Yeah, I have a whole YouTube video. People kept asking me, dude, show, you should do something about it. So, yeah, I got a little uh, introductory video on it because I, it just, people were asking, what is it? They expect like oh, a stripper man. pole and a bunch of roses. That's all, all I can think about, James, is, is somebody asking you, hey, where's your office? And you're like, hey, come on to my van. Like, how does yeah. that, con I don't, that that conversation just strikes me as hilarious? But anyway, all right. So, uh, let, so let first me, of all – Let me just make one first comment on, <laughs> on this whole thing, um, and that is, um, you know, here we got James buying a van is it wrapped yes okay so he's got a van it's wrapped now i just wanted the audience for the audience for a moment typically when you hear a podcast and somebody's got a van and it's wrapped they do an extensive amount of advertising and they're buying all their business so i just want to set that out there because i don't think james is going to have that conversation with us so it's just i just wanted to make that little uh distinction here is here's a guy that does go out there and he is doing you know a little bit of marketing but he's really leveraging it for outbound prospecting of some nature which i think is is a very smart thing to do so just just a comment yeah. that i wanted to make because it uh, resonated with me 
Yep. Nice. So James, give us a little background on the whole kind of picking and moving your business up from one market to another. And, and what was the thought process behind that? I would have to go back to 1993 when I first started out in the business. My whole family was in real estate, but I was really the one who wanted to take it to the next level. Um, there was five of us and I joined my parents at just strictly as a telemarketer back in 92, late, early 93, got my license. And as soon as I got my license, my ego grew immediately. I knew I could do more. I, I started right away with double fisting, which is, we'll talk about that later, but it's, you know, talking to two people at the same time by phone. And then uh, I moved to Huntington Beach was, I, I bounced around a lot. So I say I've reinvented myself probably five times into completely different new markets. I mean, going somewhere where nobody knows my name, hitting dial now and just pumping it out. And for the first 20, 15 years or so of my business, it was strictly telemarketing. I mean, you know, an average of 40 sides a year since 1993, but it was always strictly telemarketing. And when I moved this very last time before this very last time, I moved out to the Inland Empire. Now I was an adult, I had a family, I had kids. And at that point I started becoming a brand. I was no longer like jeans and t-shirt. I adopted the, the suit and a tie and branding everything and wrapping a Hummer that I had. And I lived right in front of an elementary school. So a wrapped Hummer in front of an elementary school, like just it was the cherry on top. I recommend it for everyone. <laughs> if you're going to move, <laughs> wrap a van in front of an elementary school, you'll be number one in no time. But um, also in, in that growth, I became now more of a recognized name and it, it, it shifted. I became a grown up in the, in the field of real estate. And within about five years, I was the number one agent in that town just by showing up in a suit and becoming a brand. And then the market took a, took a dive. And I transitioned from being you know, uh, the agent to an REO agent, still in that town doing tons of business, but you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul at that time. And it was just, I never want to go there again, which is the drive for why I do what I do now. Hmm. But in that transition about a year and a half ago in 2016, March of 2016, I've been um, pretty complacent. The school system, uh, wasn't the best. And the, my market point was about 300,000 average and just the clientele. I wanted to step up my game and yeah. once and for all, because I've been doing the YouTube thing and kind of coaching as a side gig, but the YouTube thing and like showing people what I do just to prove once and for all that the Festini formula definitely works in any market. So I literally put a for sale sign in my front yard sold my house, you know, took my family 30 miles away into an area where nobody knows me, imported a massive database and hit the ground running. And I have not stopped that 100, 100 minimum since then. And I'm making waves. Uh, I was making waves within about four or five months, you know, listing a million dollar property and then another million. dollars. I mean, I'm freaking nailing it by pure grit and like relentless pursuit of leads. So that's the beast mode lead gen is just uh, demonstrating. And I do this all live on YouTube. Uh, I've been documenting the entire progress through uh, my outlets. And so there's been people who were there watching me pack and like demonstrating, here's what I'm right. going to do. Uh, you know, I've got a, a small tribe of people who've been watching this and then seeing that this it, it's possible. Mm -hmm. it, it's not sexy, but it definitely works. So it's the 100-100. Is it 100 uh, contacts by phone and 100 doors? What What is 100-100 right. or is it a combination? Got it. So um, you're connecting or contacting how many people total a day on average? 
If you knock on 100 doors, an average of 25 people will open the door. If you're okay. contacting 100 people by telephone, that translates to, uh, in my market and other people that I talk to uh, in the beast mode lead gen tribe, if you would call it that, uh, an average of six to 10 pickup, six to 10 percent pickup ratio. You kind of have to know those things if you're going to dial a lot. You need to know how many people actually pick up the phone. You dial 100 numbers, about six people answer. Six percent pickup ratio would get me, you know, a thousand, maybe 1500 calls to speak to 100 people. So, yeah, I speak to 100 people a day and then I knock on 100 doors a day. So it's about 125 attempts at a, at a sale a day. So, James, what, what does your day look like? Because you're holding yourself accountable to something that can fluctuate on a day to day basis because it's not directly tied to your. I mean, it's it's indirectly tied to your effort, but, you know, like it can fluctuate on a daily basis. So what does your schedule look like? Uh I pretty much fart around till about 8.30 and do nothing. I got four kids, so, you know, I bounce them around in the morning. And uh, right around 9 o'clock, uh, it depends on the winter and the summer. I've got different, you know, schedules for the season, but it all just revolves around telephone prospecting. The sun sets earlier in the day, so mm -hmm. I shift my door knocking campaign to 9 a.m. till I hit 100. Okay. And then I break for either a lunch. I do a lot of intermittent fasting, so if I'm eating that day, I'll have a mm -hmm. lunch. And then I'll go right into telephone prospecting till I hit my hundred. And in many cases, if I hit my hundred, if I if I stick to it, a hundred contacts is the minimum. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I feel I don't feel right if I don't do that. So if I hit a hundred doors, then I go in and I hit my hundred calls. Probably by about four or five o'clock, if everything is working right, I'll go for another three hours and go to 150. And in some cases, you know, 170. And in very rare instances you know, a 300 attempts day, you know, where I do 200 contacts in one day by phone mm -hmm. and a hundred yeah, attempts, but actual contacts. Yeah. Yeah. More like 1500 or 2000 attempts. <laughs> yeah. So what about yeah. the people like, oh, yeah, yeah. like you know, yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are afraid to door knock. So how did you overcome, you know, the, you may not have had resistance. You might've just been one of those crazy guys like me that just like goes for it. But, um, for the people out there that are listening, like, gosh, I don't know if I would want to door knock, you know, what's, what, what can you share with them that, uh, you know, to help them kind of break through and get over that, that, that wall of resistance? There's only two ways you're going to make money in real estate. You're either going to go out and get your money or it's going to, you're going to spend your money to have it come to you. So there is, a, there are silver bullets in real estate. There is a magic formula. It just depends on how much money you got. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I could tell you right now, you know, set a, set aside a $50,000 a month budget and I'll show you how to do Facebook ads and pay, you know, Zillow truly or realtor.com, you know, all those wolves and, and dump all your money in that and pray that someone calls you and dump a bunch of blanket mailers. And it's what we would call passive, you know, extremely passive. And the gods of real estate bless you if you do it right. I mean, you could do it wrong. You can spend a ton of money on all those avenues and have nothing to show for it. Uh, with door not, uh, but if you want to go out and get it, if you can overcome the fear, just one session, if you could just like get one session of door knocking or cold calling and just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. The first time you get a lead, like at the door, if you do it right, there's a right and wrong way to do that too. Uh, and it all has to do with your scripts, you know, at the door and on the phone. If you go out and you do just one session of uh, door knocking and someone says actually i am kind of thinking about it and you extract a name and a number and an email address and you walk away with a lead 
that's it. You're hooked. So I don't know how to say how to overcome the fear. Face it. Go to the door. Uh, the only fear I guess you could have is someone slams the door on you or chases you or a dog comes after you. I mean, if these are physically threatening fears, then, you know, pepper spray and self-defense glasses, maybe. <laughs> don't, knock it, don't knock in bad areas. If it's your fear of just like reaching out. See, I'm more afraid of being thrown into a social um, taco night with boards of realtors. That to me is like, I'll hide in a corner. I don't want to engage. I don't have a problem getting on stage. I don't have a problem being live. I have a problem trying to like fake being, you know, interesting outside of what I'm comfortable with. You know? <laughs> that That's good. I, th I, thought, I, I, oh, I, man. That's I awesome. like that a lot. And, and, and what I pulled from a, a portion of that though, uh, James, I think it's a good point and to stress again is that you're probably not going to overcome your fears you know, sitting in your office thinking about overcoming your fears. You're probably going to actually have to get into action and then realize that your fears were really just a fantasy. They really weren't, uh, they weren't really real. So you just, what you're saying here is you just got to get into action, yeah. start knocking on those doors. And then, you know, once you get a taste of a little bit of success, all of a sudden you're probably going to want a little bit more of that. I would say a lot of that fear comes from not knowing what to say or not knowing what to do or rejection but once you set yourself up to know i'm gonna call i'm gonna talk to 100 people by phone a day and 97 of them are gonna reject me if that is any yeah reject that's not rejection rejection is when you roll over in the morning and your wife and you and you're like hey babe and she goes no that's rejection someone <laughs> telling me no they don't want to sell their house that's not rejection that's just like i i get it you know yeah. It, it, it just it doesn't it I, I blow fuses. So it doesn't when say it doesn't register for you as rejection. Strangers. Yeah. No, no, it's not reject. But if it, again, it's knowing what to say and then setting up your expectations so that you don't get frustrated. If you go out and you hear from other gurus that say go out and contact 30 people a day and you're going to generate business, and then you contact 60 and you don't get anything, you'll be like, this doesn't work. I feel rejected. I'm such a loser. It has to do with your expectations and having the right uh, number set. And I can tell you right now, you know, 100 contacts, you might get two or three leads. 100 doors, 25 people should answer. You give me 100 doors, 25 people answer, I will get one lead, like mm -hmm. bona fide listing lead, if, if that, minimum, you know, with the right scripts. Back to the scripts, man. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I want to shift a little bit over to kind of what your next steps are, James. Now that you've established yourself, you've been in the new market for a year and nine months, you're killing it in terms of the the level of uh, number of conversations you're having, just the, the sheer volume of outbound prospecting. But I want to shift into more of kind of what your goals are for next year and, and how how you can get there. All right. So you've got a, a certain I'm, I'm curious kind of how you gauge your goals and what you focus on. Right. So are you focused on an income goal? Are you focused on a number of transaction goal? What's what's the big thing in your mind? Coming from a marketplace where no matter how much I sold, I could never seem to get ahead, you know, to, to have enough to be comfortable in. In real estate, there's no security. So you have what's called a nut. That means like if it costs you say $10,000 to exist, meaning car insurance, uh, you know, mortgage, gas, kids, incidentals, you know, whatever. Right, right. If that 10K a month, 
you in the real estate business, the goal is to maybe have, uh, this is what I hear, is six months in the bank. So $60,000 in the bank. And then everything on top is other stuff. The end game for most logical real estate agents would be to get enough money to go out and start buying real estate, you know, picking up a couple properties and turn them into rentals if you get a good, uh, good transaction. Um, so the end game for me is to have enough money like a year in the bank. And that's, and that's kind of why I moved to this marketplace because closing, like I got a, you know, $1.5 million listing that's going to close in the next week and a half, which I've never closed a million dollar house. And now like I'm doing it, you know, which is awesome. That chunk of change will set me good for the future so that I'm not, you know, so narrow focused on generating leads that I can say, okay, I've got like 10, 15, $20,000. What can I do with this? But I mean, in Orange County, you know, it takes a lot more to think you're going to play at that game. I mean, you need to, in my opinion, you need about a hundred thousand dollars, you know, pocket change to invest, to do something with it. So my end game is to have a hundred K disposable after I set myself up for probably about a year, which, and I think that's, that's fair to say, because anything can happen in the marketplace. I lived through, you know, 2011, 2012, where I want such a buffer and then I'll worry about it. I believe my end game is to have a grip of cash and then seek out opportunities, but I just need to be able to see uh, a light far, far away at the end of the tunnel to, to give me that hope. And, you know, this transition to be transparent, the transition and dumping one market to another, you know, at one point got to where it's like, Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm back at like, where am I, am I going to eat in like two months? And all of a sudden, boom, you know, 70 K flies in in like two or three weeks. Right. And I'm like, all right now, but you can never, that's the curse of this real estate business is that you never really feel as if you have enough into the future where you can retract, you know, contract without yeah. having a system to generate those leads again. It's, it's, it, I, I have, well, that's what I want to talk to Greg continue. about. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, Greg, this is your, you're, you're the, the master of this as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm curious. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, why not? Um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious what you think about just the, the goal of having that much set aside. It like, is that necessary? Is, is that how you would tackle it? Or would you approach it a different way in terms of setting up, system so that it feels more sustainable. You feels like you have a little bit more of a foundation underneath you. Cause I think a lot of people feel like that. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's very important to, to uh, people like certainty and they like security, right? So what I hear James talking about with this hundred thousand dollars is that probably in addition to have it, to be able to spend it or invest it, it's, it's, it's really providing some security. It's really providing some certainty saying, okay, if things don't really happen today, I'm okay. And knowing that if I keep prospecting that I will end up making money before I actually have to go ahead and, and spend all of this $100,000. So I've, I've got a nest there, a, a nut that I, I, I feel safe with. Um, I, so I do think that that's important. I always do talk to my agents about, hey, you know, what's your cost of living? How much are your expenses? I mean, on everyone's business plan this year at my company, we're talking about how much money are you going to put away for savings? How much money are you going to put in a retirement? How much debt are you going to actually debt reduction? So we have debt reduction goals, savings goals, and retirement goals. And I will tell you, all three of those goals are really so they can have security. And then we can stop so they don't have the weight 
weight of finances on their back. So then I don't have to be talking or coaching somebody who's stressed out. So I like that because it relieves them from a lot of stress. So we can actually now talk about building a business. You know, that that's so I do think that that's important. Um, The other thing that I I say is and I see this in high end markets. Okay, I see this all the time where everybody nobody talks about number of transactions in a high end market. They always talk about how much money they make. The people who talk about how much money they make will do less transactions than the agents that talk about how many transactions they're doing. In other words, if you, you know, I believe that your goals should always be on number of transactions and the fact that you live or an agent lives in a particular market, that market dictates the average commission check. So, but focus on transactions because if we're building our business and building systems to do transactions, then that's a recession proof business. If we're building our business to chase larger commission checks, then when the market starts sliding backwards, you're in trouble. Like the systems don't apply to all markets. The systems only apply to today. It's really chasing commissions versus chasing transactions. So I always focus on that. That's, that's really what I would be focusing on. And, and you see like, uh, right. James, you even you even mentioned that there's really nobody doing like 50 transactions in your market, and the reason is is because in your market that you don't have to do tra- 50 transactions to make a comfortable living. So what you've got is a bunch of comfortable uh, real estate agents that are focusing on how much they're making instead of getting out of their box and saying, "Screw how much I'm making, I want to do 200 transactions." And then the money conversation is mm-hmm. just it's 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 a, it's almost a byproduct. There's so much money there. Right, right. Yeah. One of the one of the big factors that plays into, and when I see a lot of uh, other people living differently, I think one of the biggest burdens, if you want to call it that, is kids. You know, if you got kids, it it adds a whole different dynamic to the level of responsibility. You know, if you're just yourself, you're an agent, and you got maybe a, a spouse or a, a girlfriend. You can get away with more, but when you have kids, there's just like this, I can't not provide. I, can, I can't like eke out. It has to be not security even just for me, but for them. I mean, I moved into this territory where it's a better school and a better lifestyle. And I, I understand like the whole keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up the image, not that I'm spoiling them or giving them, you know, that, that sense, but it, it did put me into a place and it always has been a place where once you have kids it's a, it changes to where now you you want to make sure that it's secure again 2012 2011 really just it was a bad place you know it was a bad place for everyone but for those you know commission based people that have kids and they're like crunching numbers and canceling you know bills and like deciding which car goes back and which one stays it's just a f that you know what i mean and, and yeah. so I just want to know, you know, that I can weather that again because I'm I'm scarred and you know, I'm traumatized by I'm uh, the hard work with no reward versus the hard work now with that reward potential is yeah it, it just it drives me yeah. every day to to put and I that think it's critical I, you know for them so we're we're in total agreement you know I think I mean I have my uh, a certain amount of money that I say I want this in cash. 
And as long as I have this in cash, then, then, you know, I, I'm, I feel okay. I don't just, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't become reckless, but I also have a certain amount of money that I want to have, you know, as a, as a safety net. So I can just feel free to go out there and create and create, you know, so I agree. I think yeah. most realtors right, need right. to have that. Yeah. I think Tim Ferriss uh, has something is, on is that not- we- where he talks about kind of like a three-legged stool, like you have to have one one area of your life super secure so that you can take chances in in the other areas. And I think that's what you're talking about, James, is having just having that sense of financial yeah. security so that you can take chances. But um, I'm curious, like what would you like? Let's setting aside like getting into investment in the wealth building side, because I like that's more of like the, the personal security side. But on the business, what would what would you invest that money in? And because I, I want to get Greg's opinion on this too. So James, when you look around your marketplace and you go, okay, great. Do I still want to be in the van prospecting 20 years from now? If you don't, what, what's the next things that you would invest money in to build systems that, that would allow you to get to that next level? The prospecting at the degree that I do shouldn't last for more than a couple of years. We're laying a foundation, just like if you open yeah. up a restaurant, you're going to be the waiter. You're going to be the bookkeeper. You're going to cook the food. You're going to run out. You're going to go to Costco, pick up the supplies. That's what this is. I'm only doing it to this degree because I know in my head five years, that's what mm-hmm. it's going to take to not let my foot off the gas, red line, beast mode, hunter, hunter. You know, I mean, just I'm ready for that. I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm capable. It's still legal <laughs> to do what I'm doing. So all of that formula tells me I can do it. There's no reason why not. I don't have, I don't, I don't see. That's the thing is that if I was to expand, let's say the team model, if I wanted to bring people on, I would literally bring people on to do everything that I'm doing that takes me away from cold calling and door knocking. Because for me, I don't mind that. I don't have a problem. I don't want to answer my phone during my door knocking to talk to a termite inspector and try to figure out what time they can go. It's like, leave me the F alone. I just want like, I, I, you know, hook me up. I don't want anything else, you know, and I did a video a couple months ago where I, it was like, I work like I'm on meth. Not that like, I, you know, I'm energized, but to say, James, you have an announcement on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you've ever seen like the drug addicts, nothing else gets corrected. Everything like your house is a mess. Your car is a mess. Like your, you know, everything is a mess except for your fix. And that's how nine out of 10 times my car looks like, you know, there's, you know, bottles and, you know, it's just, it's, but it's completely focused on one goal. So if you say, what do I expect in the future? I would like to bring on two or three people to alleviate the pressure because it's just me and my wife. Mm -hmm. I would like to have someone do the things that I delegate to her that she argues with me because I'm delegating that, give it Mm -hmm. to someone else so that I can do. I think of myself as like a NASCAR and I'm the driver. I just right. want to pull into yeah, the, the pit. pit I want people to do everything, change the tires, change the oil, and let me hit the gas again. And I don't want to mess with anything. I don't want to hear anything about spark yeah. plugs. I don't want to about tire pressure. I don't want to about gas. I just want to go. Well, yeah. And you know, Greg, I want you've someone announced this. this is okay. Pull in. Yeah, pull this in, is the first know? step. Yeah, and this uh, is the first step. It's leveraging. He's he's working on leveraging his skills first. Yeah, he's leveraging yeah. himself. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, he's leveraging himself, and he's he's a very high-qualified person to actually do that job. So not everyone wants to do what he does. I mean I loved uh, doing the same things he's doing. So I mean I, I can, can 
completely relate to the addiction to the hunt, right? It's addicted to the hunt. Go out there, but you know somebody else needs to clean it up and cook it and everything else. I just want to go put me back into the field and let me play this game, right? And I, I think it should also be noted mm -hmm. that you know James, I think you the right thing goes to a new market and he goes in and says, I am just going to make a hundred, a hundred. I'm just going to be a contact, uh, a fiend. Right. And he goes out there, he's learning the market. He's learning the people. He's learning the conversations, not necessarily the script, but the, the, the conversation side conversations that go in the different neighborhoods and all this stuff. He's learning all that stuff, but here's for the audience out there that's doing a certain amount of business today. And you're thinking about next year, you want to do more. You can do exactly what he did, which he said, I reinvented myself. I went to a new market and I did this and I'm going to do this for a few years. Well, you don't have to leave your market for those of you that are staying put in your own market to do exactly what he did. How about go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and do exactly what he's doing in your own market and watch your business grow through the roof. He just happened to shift markets, but what he's doing right here will cause massive breakthrough. There's no doubt about it. In spite massive. of yourself, you will massive. just break through. You can't yeah. stop it. Uh, yeah, the fast track, there is a fast track to success. I mean, I'm trying to, the, the top dogs in this town have been here for 20 years, 10, 15, 20 years. There is, a, there is a way to undermine the competition and that is condense 20 years of work into five years. And that means exactly what I'm doing. I, it's, in, it's impossible to do what I'm doing and not within, like I said, five years, become the number one agent in the city. I'm already feeling it within six months. I was knocking on doors where someone opens up the door and goes, Festini, right? Yesterday I door knocked two people, open up the door and goes, Festini, right? You drive that big van. I'm like, yep, that's me. That doesn't happen in years of dropping your propaganda on people's doorsteps. But when you knock on the door, when you're branded the entire time, when you've got your vehicle, right? I mean, it's just an all out assault. You couldn't like spend 50 grand on a mailer and drop a piece of mail on someone's doorstep every day for the next six months and then call them a year later and say, hi, my name is that. They'd be like, you're gone. This is 2018. We got the attention span of a goldfish. You need to do like a, you need to become a human pop-up banner, a human pop-up ad and, and spam the shit out of yourself in, in the community with courtesy. You know, make sure you got the unsubscribe button, one click. But get as fast as humanly possible to go out there to undermine what they did in 20 years. I'm doing it in five. But again, it's only short term. It's only going to be like, like I said, five years of doing this, just like I did in my previous market. I went out with, you know, redlining the entire thing. And then within about five years, it was ring, ring. Hi, this is Joe Blow on Joe Blow Street. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about selling my house. I see your signs everywhere. Can you come list me? And within five years, you will get that. This is not, I'm not going to be. I, I'm 45 now. By 50, I'm going to be sitting on come list me's of million dollar properties guaranteed because of the foundation I have. People will know me. And it, and it just, it, I, I've done it before. It's, and I'm proving it now that it absolutely works. And I have, you know, one guy's like, well, in Wisconsin, it wouldn't work. I'm like, man, <laughs> you sponsor me for one year, fly me out to Wisconsin, and I don't even need much food. And let me show you that it's possible. As long as they're human. Is that the James you know, Fascini challenge? Fly yeah. me and put me up in your house for a year. Feed yeah. me just a little bit of food and I will Take care of my family. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. I, I can live in a closet, man. It's a beast. <laughs>
<laughs> I think you do live in a closet. You spend uh, 11 yeah. hours a day or something like that in the back of your van. You're, you're living the closet lifestyle. No, no, right I don't now. do a whole lot of prospect. You, no, you, you do get a little bit of a, a con containment uh, shock when you do it. I, I, like, I have my tech here. I've got you know several screens and it's fully there. But I can't be in this for too long without opening the door and feeling like you're a caged rat. So no, I have an office where I go. This is just kind of this is just kind of like a, I need to be somewhere at two o'clock. Let me get there at one o'clock, sit uh -huh. down, you know, prospect and hit my calls there. It just it made it right. a, a lot easier to stay mobile. You know, yeah, but I, awesome. mark my words cool. within the next 10 years, within the next 10 years, this will not be a novelty. I get it. It's going there. Hmm. 10 years from now, there will be hundreds of mobile real estate offices. They're already doing it with chiropractors, nail salons, dog salons. Um, you know, I've seen a, a mobile cryogenics chamber. The guy who I took this to pimp it out, you, sh you know, he had rows and rows of like these bizarre custom things that people were doing, dentist offices, hair salons. I mean, this is the future. You know, if you're going to be, you know, mobile and like the Amazon world, when you need a service provider to come to you with their gear, it's this. I mean, everyone's just five years from now, real estate offices on wheels, minimum standard. There you go. They'll deploy those. In you heard it here. Something else. That's right. You heard it here. <laughs> I, I actually think I think there's some legitimacy to that. I, I, I think that's uh, very valid. Yeah. Well, especially because like the the emotional and psychological impact, like James, you can't. It's like you said, you cannot. It's hard to duplicate it in other ways, and you cannot underestimate that. The fact that you've been door knocking for six months and you have people that know you by name. Are you kidding me? It's one thing to go, hey, you look familiar. Like, yeah, I was on your door three months ago. It's another thing for them to open the door and go, Festini. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. All right, guys, we got to yeah. wrap it up. So James, it's how do people happening. reach out and follow you? Uh, the best way is probably YouTube. You know, I, I'm I'm really invested in, in making sure I've got hundreds of videos and archives, and uh, I do a lot of live telephone prospecting and door knocking right there. Like as soon as we hang up, within 15, 20 minutes, I've got I carry two phones. One is for live broad prospecting, and one is for you know my spotio and my door knocking stuff. I hold the two phones, and I'm going door to door. When I go into the office, I hit live now on YouTube. And I'm telephone prospecting there. So YouTube, if you Great. if you really want to, you know, see the validation, it's live. There's no like it's super transparent. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. All right, so we've got the uh, the link uh, is there up on the screen for you guys that are listening. It's YouTube.com/slash James Festini, F-E-S-T-I-N-I. And then Greg, how do people reach out and connect with you? It's simple. I don't change anything. It's Greg Harrelson at gmail.com. Just email, email me your questions. I'll email them, uh, my answers and thoughts back to you, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. That's right. And then for the podcast, guys, you can subscribe on YouTube if you'd like the video versions like we're doing now, or you can hit uh, iTunes or Stitcher for the audio versions. You can also go to theleveluppodcast.com to actually see all the previous episodes. You can watch the videos and subscribe to the show from there. So, James, man, this is a lot of fun. We appreciate you being on the show, and I know that uh, I, I knew from the time when when you kind of reached out about coming on, like I knew you guys, you and Greg would have a great time going back and forth about cold call prospecting. So this, I, I knew it was going to be like this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. we need to do another one of these for sure. There's just not we didn't we didn't even scratch the surface of, of what's happening here, man. And I know Greg and I could just riff for hours on this stuff. So oh yeah, anytime, yeah. Man, anytime. Yeah. Thanks again, James. <laughs> Thanks again. All right, so everybody that's watching and listening, <laughs> thanks right. so much. Luck, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one.